Hey, good morning. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you at 7 minutes after 11 o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski is with us, criminal defense attorney extraordinaire. And uh, Brian has decided that we should go uh, and listen to the cartoons. But I can't get away from them. They're everywhere in my face. But Kyle, we just kind of don't care about some dumb prince and his stupid wife. Prince Harry and <laughs> Meghan Markle. South Park having a little fun with them. They sure did. South Park is irreverent and not afraid to be sued. They've uh, made fun of Scientology multiple times, and their Scientologists are known to sue people. Um, so they weren't too worried about um, hubbub that Meghan Markle was upset and Prince Harry was thinking about suing them when they lampooned Harry and Meghan recently on the recent episode uh, when they portrayed two lookalikes that look like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle going on a worldwide We Want Privacy tour. <laughs> we Want Privacy getting off a private jet in all, cities all over the world that go on TV and hold up signs, stop looking at us and leave us alone. It's so funny. <laughs> it's really clever. Yeah. It's really accurate. You don't suppose, you know, if they see themselves in this, you'd think they would change their behavior. Oh, no. These narcissists are not going to change their behavior. Gary, I mean, they're making bank off of their notoriety. And the latest money move is Prince Harry is going to unpack his um, struggles with a trauma expert on a live stream talk that you can buy a ticket to for 40 bucks and send a question in which I don't know how they're going to get to everyone's questions in an hour, but for just thirty nine ninety nine, you can watch Harry yeah, but he wants talk to a therapist about his trauma. But he wants to be left alone. He, yes. They just want their privacy. Everyone's gonna so be they're going to have a therapy privacy. session in front of the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a good question. And therapy is supposed to be like personal and private, so I think that that is kind of unethical of the therapist to even agree to. But Harry does not, like, even though he claims that he doesn't like all of this attention and invasions of his privacy, he's the one that's writing a book about his uh, todger, is what he calls it, getting frostbitten on his trip down to, you know, the South Pole and how he peed in his pants the day that he had a first date with Megan and all kinds of humiliating details that he could have left out of that book. God, that is more that's a TMI, as we say. Too mm -hmm. much information. Um. You know what? I'm going to change directions here. Throw this out at you. Um, the the head of the Conservative Political Action Conference is really in the news. Um, give me the lowdown on CPAC. So CPAC is the conference that used to be just an annual one put on by a not-for-profit called the American Conservative Union. Lately, though, that's really been, uh, they've turned it into a whole series of um, conferences all over the world, really, and it's become kind of a Matt Schlapp and Mercedes Schlapp show. Um, they go live every night. It's like they're kind of trying to start as a not-for-profit, a TV state, TV show. I'm heading out to CPAC tomorrow again, um, but I think it's less influential than it once was because, like, the um, there's two other conservative events going on this weekend at the same time, and DeSantis is going to the one in Florida, um, not the CPAC. He's, and Pence has also declined an invitation to go to CPAC. Matt Schlapp has been accused by a staffer for Herschel Walker or a former campaign staffer, staffer of uh, grabbing his privates while he was driving him uh, after going out for drinks back to his hotel 
from an event that Schlapp was supposed to Schlapp was supposed to get picked up by this guy the next day and then driven to speak at an event on behalf of Walker, and they decided not to let him speak. And uh, they came out that this supposed conservative staffer goes to the Daily Beast of all places with his story, and then he sold he's filed a lawsuit against Matt and Mercedes Schlapp over this, saying that he suffered damages. And then there's another, like a GOP fundraiser who said that this guy is a liar. And he's filed a second lawsuit for defamation against that individual. So it's interesting because, like, even though this guy has obviously put his name out there publicly, none of the news articles so far are giving the name of this guy. Interesting. Um, so it's Schlapp and Schlapp. Uh, never mind. Uh, all right. Schlapp, yeah, he's uh, apparently slapping around something else, allegedly. But he's married four girls, so who knows? But there's a lot of trolls on Twitter saying all kinds of nasty things about Matt Schlapp right now, right as we head into CPAC, which is their biggest event by far of the year. All right, let's move on. I was just curious to see what the feedback was out there. Supreme Court student loan case. They're arguing that puppy right now. Yeah. Yep. So that uh, is that is a great constitutional issue, I think, as long as we can get over the uh, standing hurdle, which Missouri is actually the one that's providing that standing. According to the lower courts, it didn't get kicked because of our mohila, um, our, the way that we have it set up in Missouri for uh, the payment of those student loans. They'll receive less money, so... Lower court said that was standing enough, so that's why they're there today. Andrew Bailey, who we just spoke of earlier, he is there uh, attending these oral arguments. And uh, Joe Biden didn't have the authority under the Constitution to just wave a magic wand and forgive all this, these student debts. He claims that he did under you know, a law that was designed to uh, compensate people who went to go fight after 9-11. And that between that, the HEROES Act... Uh, that was for people that were service members in our military after the uh, 9-11-2001 attack. And also because he said, well, even though that doesn't apply to them, because COVID's an emergency, I'm extending it to them. Well, that is a dubious argument, especially since COVID is over. And so as long as they can reach the merits of this case, I'm hopeful that the court strikes it down because, I mean, it just can cause all kinds of problems if, Biden just has the ability to hand out money like this, but it'll stop them from doing it again. It's, it's, you know, it's incredibly inflationary. Pay back their debts. Like you're teaching people to vote for Democrats if they don't want to pay back their debts. That's it's incredibly doing. inflationary. I was listening to some of the audio of the people outside the Supreme Court protesting, and one guy was yelling, why should we have to pay for our college education at all? And I, I just would dearly love to get one of those morons on the program. I would dearly love to to find out from them how they think we owe them a free college education. Yeah, and meanwhile, they're on their $1,000 phones, you know, yeah. driving around wearing designer labels because they took out loans and they didn't, they made choices to buy things, but that's your own business, but pay back your loans, you know, like other people scrimp and save to not have to take out loans or to pay them back and they've paid them back and now you should get money and people uh, do... It's just not fair to anyone, the, the no. whole situation. 
It certainly isn't. In deposition, Rupert Murdoch is throwing some of his talk hosts under the bus. Some people believe that's a way for him to get rid of the Trumpsters. We'll come back and chat about that with Jennifer Bukowski on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1118. Jennifer Bukowski is with us. It's the Gary Nolan Show. Rupert Murdoch on the stand being sued. Uh, details, Jen? So this is a lawsuit. He was deposed in a lawsuit that Dominion, the voting um, machine company, has filed for a billion dollars against Fox News and others. Uh, he was deposed in connection to that lawsuit, and he admitted that he didn't think that these allegations that Sidney Powell was making about Dominion fixing the election and rigging it and having, you know, she claimed to have all the, I remember this at the time, I'm like, Sydney Powell is way over her skis. She's claiming that she has all this proof that they, uh, like Chavez and all these people cheated with these machines and that that is what has happened here and they've stolen the election from Donald Trump. Well, Fox News is a news company, right? And so their anchors were covering allegations that were being made by an ally of Trump. And so Murdoch is saying, well, Fox didn't endorse them. They were reporting on newsworthy accusations and uh, Dominion is saying that well you went too far and it was like it was like Fox News was endorsing those claims so you're liable for defamation give us a billion dollars so I I don't know that it's like a way to house Trumpers now it's no secret that Fox News like Murdoch the heads of that company are not on the Trump train anymore and they're more like tilted towards DeSantis or others and wanting to move on from Trump. But I think what he was saying in his deposition is like, look, look, the anchors, they they made editorial comments or they reported on newsworthy accusations and to find us liable for defamation for that would violate the First Amendment. So I think he's trying to thread that needle, not necessarily throw his people under the bus. Do you think they have a case? I think it's an uphill battle because uh, the high standard that they have to make for um, for defamation here against the news outlet. Because, like, if there's accusations against people all the time, and if you Fox reports on them, and it later turns out that those, you know, he didn't rape her or whatever else, that doesn't mean that that news company is liable for defamation. That's what Fox is arguing here. We're just reporting on allegations that were being made by Trump allies, not endorsing those allegations. And, you know, you're certainly entitled to opinion. Yeah. If you feel that something is one way or another, who are the courts to deny your feeling? This is the way I felt. I felt like this was a problem, and and I reported on it. Uh, I gave it has my come version, out my discovery, like, like, I think Hannity and Ingram, they have text messages that they've recovered in discovery, which that's like nightmares to think that they can get, like, your private text between your friends. Where they're like, I've caught her lying about Sydney Powell. She's full of it. You're like, they knew pretty early on. Like I, like it seemed obvious to me too that she was just off off a rocker a bit. Like she had credibility. It was sad to see her kind of fall and lose all of her credibility, like she did in those weeks. Um, the the American Civil Liberties Union is urging U.S. lawmakers not to ban TikTok. Uh, I can see where the government would say on a government phone, no TikTok. But I would have a problem with them banning TikTok uh, from the private marketplace. The yeah, ACLU this is an interesting question. Like, cause 
because, you know, China doesn't let Facebook in. They don't let Google in in a lot of cases, you know. And uh, we're supposed to be the free country that lets stuff in. But if it's actually a program that's spying on all Americans and threatening our security, then what? You know, then what do you do? Do you continue? Where is the line there? And so I think that's going to be a very interesting uh, argument and discussion to watch unfold. And I think I'll have people that I agree with on a lot of things come down on either side of it. But my initial instinct is like, stop using less freedom as the answer to every problem. But there will be some uh, exceptions how, to that. How very libertarian of you. Yeah, I think if a private individual um, wants to use it, it's up to them if they want to have their private information compromised. But I think eventually, if the word gets out and people start talking about it, that it will die out on its own. Something will take its place. Yeah. But I don't think the government well, the should White step House, in and do uh, it. The White House announced last night to its employees, you have 30 days to get TikTok off your government devices it should have been if you have tiktok on your government device you're fired that's what it should be because it's been obvious for a long time that china's using this to spy and if you work for the white house and you're bringing that device into the white house on your government phone and you're using tiktok you don't deserve to be there but i'm glad they gave 30 days notice to china to go ahead and download as much as they can while they still have that app on there Jeez, well, I don't know about firing them right away, but 30 days seems like a long time to delete a, uh, yeah. an app on a smartphone. Uh, and I don't even know that when you... Back on their government device, in my opinion. But. Yeah, I don't even know how you... Uh, I don't trust anything from China anymore. If it's electronic, I keep thinking, well, how do I know they haven't slipped something into there that that's, uh, you know, reporting? I bought a camera that you can mount outside. You screw it mm-hmm. in the light bulb... Uh, you connect it to your iPhone, and uh, you can see what's going on outside without Gary, going they to the exp- cameras. Vicky Hartzler was all over this. It turned out China was, like, underbidding other people and getting camera systems on our military bases, and she is one of the ones that put a stop to that. They are every... It's not just a big old balloon floating over my house. They are... They are interested in what we're up to. That's for dang sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't use the thing. Uh, I, I keyed it up once, and I thought, geez, China would have access to everything here, my email account and password and all that. No, mm-hmm. I don't want this, uh, so I don't trust it. All right, uh, last topic here before we run out of time. Somebody who uh, whom I originally was not a fan of, but you've convinced me that Elon Musk is not a bad guy after all, and he is suggesting that the media are racist because of the Dilbert comic strip backlash. Do you want to tell everybody what uh, the author of Dilbert said in response to some polling data and what's going on? So Scott Adams, he is very active on Twitter. He's on the right. He's a unique voice on Twitter. He's also the author of the comic strip Dilbert, which makes fun of, like, life in corporate America, and it's not political. Well, he made some comments on his YouTube show uh, in response to a Rasmussen poll that said a small majority of black Americans agreed with the statement that it's okay to be white, uh, but 26% disagreed and 21% said they weren't sure. And he kind of went on a rant about that, and he said that if nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, that's a hate group, he said. Uh, he said, I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, based on the 
current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there is no fixing this. Now that, you know, of all the things that get called racist or whatever, that actually is a racist statement that he made. But maybe he's worked up. You know, I sometimes say things a little stronger than I intended or I don't word them perfectly. So, you know, I do think Scott's a smart guy and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But uh, anyways, in response to that, a bunch of newspapers have canceled his uh, comic strip. And Elon Musk says, look, it used to be that, you know, all these elite institutions and the media were racist the other way uh, against black people and minorities. And now it's flipped on its head. And how about we just don't be racist? And I agree with Elon on that. He's right. Once again, like just stop being racist one way or the other. It's wrong both ways. Well, I can't argue that. Um, I, um, I, I really have uh, changed my opinion on him. I, don't, I still don't like battery powered cars. I think they're silly, uh, and in the long run, I think they're useless. Uh, they're uh, great for in town or short runs, but when you turn the heat on, the the mileage drops precipitously. Uh, they're not easily charged, especially if you're a renter. If you rent a house or an apartment. You might I say, not have I'm going to lend you, next time I go to town, I'm lending you my Tesla, and then I'm going to come talk to you again about whether you like them or not, because you will be amazed how incredible these cars are. American oh, I'm sure, I, uh, look, I'm sure it's... They are it's, awesome. Sure it is. Do you think you could take that Tesla and drive up here to Cleveland? Yeah, but I would probably not do it because you have to stop and charge at superchargers, so they're not ideal for long trips, but I never have to go to the gas station when I'm in town. I just charged yeah. it in my house. You have a, yeah, you've got a charger in your house. So if you want to take a long trip, you can't take that car. But how often do I do that? Not often. Like, I don't well, go Well, I understand that for some people, it, for some people it'll work, but for the general public, it won't. If you don't have a charger at home, and you don't have at least a 220-volt charger at home, then this thing becomes incredibly impractical. And yeah, but if you, you do charge like it, get a charger at your house if you're about to buy one of those cars. I don't think. Well, that eliminates a huge chunk of the marketplace, doesn't it? But if you've got one of those things and you're on the road and you have to charge it, it takes you half an hour at least to get the damn thing charged up. Uh, with a gas station, you're in and out in five minutes. And most people That's, spend much longer than like that. A, you're spending and, five times as much at the gas station, but. And you also. And you also don't charge it to 100%. When you're on the road, you stop no, you at 85. you when you're on the road. But day-to-day -day for battery life, you only charge it to 80% because it'll extend the life of your battery if you don't charge it. So you don't 100%. get the number of miles out of it that they say you do on a full charge. They'll tell you what the mileage is on a full charge, but you don't get it uh, fully charged. So you don't get that kind of mileage. Well, you fully charge when you're going to go on a long trip, Gary. Yeah, so well, you don't fully charge on a long trip. You don't fully charge on a long trip if you stop in the middle of the trip to recharge. Because if you, you want a full you charge... You charge it to 100% before you go on a long trip. You yeah, I know, but if you're on a long charges. trip and you have to recharge, Jen, then it's going to take you forever to get to 100% again. you got to charge That's to 85 true. for the next leg of the trip, which no, means you, you don't get the mileage. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, so in the end... Aside from mining the cobalt and giving all that money to China, 
they're really not practical. I'm going to change your mind on this one, too. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. Got to run. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 1135. Uh, the Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. We've got some John Stossel audio. Uh, we're going to start. Can we start with that, Brian? Do you have that uh, keyed up? I will cue it up right now. I know we kind of chatted about that, but I don't know that I said cue it up. But he will. Also, uh, there's a piece at Como Buzz. Judge denies school's request for a summary judgment. Wayne Sells' lawsuit is headed to trial. I hope he wins. I really do. We'll go into some details on that in just a moment. Uh, but first, uh, the Stossel audio. Uh, stupid law. Really, really stupid. Uh, go ahead. Disaster in Puerto Rico. Storm after storm. Puerto Rico desperately needs supplies. Over 60% of the island is still without power. After Hurricane Fiona, Puerto Rico needed fuel. Yet right offshore, within sight of land, was this tanker carrying a full load of fuel. But the U.S. government forbade it to come ashore. For days, it just sat here while people suffered. Long lines for diesel, long lines for gasoline. Why didn't they let the ship deliver its fuel? Because of a stupid law with a stupid name, the Jones Act. It restricts domestic shipping to vessels that are U.S. built and U.S. crewed. Because this ship was registered in the Marshall Islands, it wasn't allowed to bring its fuel ashore. Your rules really hurt people. They don't. What the Jones Act does is ensure reliable, dedicated service. Jennifer Carpenter speaks for the American Maritime Partnership. They represent ship owners, builders, and labor unions. They demand that the government forbid these efficient foreign ships from competing with American ships. And politicians obey. My strong support for the Jones Act. When the Jones Act strangles places, reporters often ask. Why not lift the Jones Act? And even tough guy politicians hesitate. But we have a lot of shippers and a lot of people and a lot of uh, people that work in the shipping industry that don't want the Jones Act lifted. So basically, you're giving money to politicians and they ban your competition. The Jones Act is a time-tested American security law, so we are not at the mercy of foreign powers, foreign vessels, foreign mariners. We use foreign mariners and foreign vessels every day. Cato Institute trade specialist Scott Lincecum points out that foreign vessels travel to America all the time. Here they are one recent day, crowding into New York Harbor. It is only in shipping between American ports that we don't allow for those vessels. Think about that. Foreign ships can deliver from China to America, Russia to America, but not from Seattle to Alaska, Los Angeles to Hawaii, Miami to Puerto Rico. That's illegal? I asked the lobbyists, why couldn't desperate Puerto Ricans get this fuel, which was right offshore? There was a U.S. flagged ship en route to Puerto Rico. But the U.S. ship wasn't there yet. Carpenter mocks the foreign competitor who got there first. Foreign oil trader that thought they could make a quick buck by using a foreign ship instead. There was no shortage of fuel on Puerto Rico. But there was. There is a fuel shortage that is keeping most generators from helping. Puerto Rico's governor begged the Biden administration to waive the Jones Act. 
and the bureaucrats finally did. The Biden administration has moved to allow a non-U.S. flagged ship to transport fuel to Puerto Rico. When not blocking needed supplies, the main thing the Jones Act does is make Americans pay more for things. The Jones Act cost the average Hawaii family about $1,800 a year. Did banning foreigners at least do good things for America's shipbuilding industry? No. America to build the largest fleet of cargo ships ever to sail the seven seas. Fifty years ago, America built about 18 ships every year. Last year, just one. America's fleet once had 250 ships, now 90. There were once more than 400 American shipyards. 300 are now gone. Because of your monopoly, American shipyards keep closing. They don't have any competition, so they don't improve. Competition within our industry and with other modes of transportation is vigorous. It is dog-eat-dog. No, it's not, because the best dogs are banned. The U.S. government is not subsidizing U.S. shipyards in the way that many of our strategic competitors and allies are doing. Okay, that's true. And it's good that America gives out fewer subsidies. But foreign subsidies are only a small part of why American ships are so much more expensive. Four to five times more expensive to build a ship in the United States than to do so in a place like Japan or Korea or in our NATO ally countries. The difference really is decades and decades of being protected from competition, simply not having to innovate. No American shipyard builds ships like this that hold natural gas. Because of the Jones Act, that's a big problem. New England is facing its highest energy costs in more than 25 years. This New England governor knows what to blame. The Jones Act, this antiquated 100-year-old uh, union-driven policy. So does this energy company president who wants to buy natural gas. That's down in the Gulf that we could access if we could get relief from the Jones Act. He wants the gas. He can't get gas for the winter. Why didn't you enter into long-term contracts to ensure a reliable supply of gas or whatever fuel you needed to run your plants. Your planning is not a Jones Act problem, it's a planning problem. I did bad planning. Why can't I use the South Korean ship? A Jones Act waiver is not the way to address poor planning. Thanks to people like her, Today, waivers are even more restricted. You give politicians money not to grant waivers. Hold up. All right, let's 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 unpack this. Frankly, you know, waivers should be safe, legal, and rare. What we too often see is somebody's trying to make a quick buck. There's no national defense need. There's no shortage of product. It's, hey, I could save some money. But saving money is good for consumers. It's good for everyone except America's shipping monopoly. They don't want competition. Of course, most industries don't. Don't sell the tough Americans short. American car makers didn't want competition. They worried as foreign cars won American consumers. It's no secret a lot of people believe American cars aren't filled as well as Japanese or European cars. Because American automakers were forced to compete with Volkswagen, Honda, Toyota, they stepped up their game. No one can say our cars don't stack up. Just like foreign competition improved American automobiles, foreign competition would do the same for American-made ships. He's right. Competition works. 
the Jones Act should die. We'd all be better off if America's shipping industry had to compete. You know, it's just another case of big government screwing over the whole country. They have no right to write that law. They're literally, that is beyond their constitutional uh, demands. Congress should have never written it to begin with. And it's just making life more expensive. And people living in Hawaii, $1,800 a year? Whew, that's a lot of money to throw away just for some pro-union big government legislation that shouldn't be. But that's the way it is. 874-9390, toll-free numbers 800-529-5572. When we get back, uh, Circuit Judge Joshua Devine ruled the Columbia Public Schools attorney uh, on, on the... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, it, uh, this is on the Wayne Cells uh, family activity field. That this goes to jury trial. And I hope it wins. We'll talk about it next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1149. Glad to have you with us. Uh, a couple of more stories here that that, uh, that I want to get to. First, I want to finish up on this uh, this uh, uh, athletic field. Apparently, uh, Sells made an irate post, according to the story, about uh, on Facebook uh, that was critical of players that were taking a knee, claiming all lives matter. As the post became widely shared, it was denounced by school board members, uh, the superintendent, and other members of the community. But he was right. You know, I've heard, I've got friends of mine, very good friends of mine, uh, who have come out and said, well, this is a, you know, sign of, of respect. No, it wasn't designed as a sign of respect in this case. It was, uh, frankly, just the opposite. When the national anthem plays and you take a knee, it's not because you have great respect for the country. Sells was right, and he had every right to make that comment. And the school, you know, the school board and uh, most of the uh, uh, administrators in the government schools lean to the left, and they, they want to appear sympathetic uh, to Black Lives Matter and others. Look, this guy was right. It was an insult. They should never have taken his name down from the field. Um, he gave them that money. They named the field. He says they've got a contract, and it's based on the check that uh, they received. So I don't know if legally he, he gets to, uh, to prevail in this case. But I think he was right in his commentary. I think they were wrong to punish him. I would like to see the name stay as it is because he did give them the money or give them back the money plus whatever interest would have accrued. I don't know, or at least give them back the money. I think it's a ripoff. Uh, and I'm, I'm so disgusted with government schools to begin with. Uh, this is just an insult. Just It is just an insult. Uh, 874-9390. Toll free, 800 Five two nine five five seven two. If you want to voice uh, and talk about Sells Field, uh, if you think that his commentary on Facebook was somehow um, racist, explain it to me, because I don't see it. I really don't. Uh, I think he's uh, he's a good guy. He's a good guy who cared about his community, gave him that money, made a statement that was honest. It was his feeling, and I think his, his uh, conclusion was right. 
I don't think they should be punishing him for this. Give him back his money or put his name back on the field. Uh, and then finally, this story that we will uh, wrap up with. By the way, uh, I would not be surprised if Glenn Beck doesn't cover this. Uh, certainly Sean Hannity. And I'd be curious to see what Randy Tobler says about this. This whole China flu thing I, seems to be coming back in in uh, in spades. And it is because the uh, the energy department has come out and said, we think this really did start in a lab. A Chinese virologist who sounded the alarm in early 2020 about where the coronavirus came from said Monday the United States has reached, quote, a milestone achievement after a classified intelligence report from the Energy Department reportedly found the virus most likely originated in a Chinese lab. Dr. Li Meng Yen told Tucker Carlson tonight in September 2020 that the Chinese government intentionally manufactured, and here's the key, and released the COVID-19 virus. Intentionally manufactured and released the COVID-19 virus, leading to a nationwide shutdown and deaths. Tucker Carlson asked Yan on Monday if she still believes the virus was intentionally released nearly three years after the pandemic started. Of course, it was not an accident, she responded. A pandemic prevention worker checks uh, personal details. Uh, they've got uh, the the, uh, the video of all of this going on, the, what's going on in China. I think she's taken a stab at the intentionally released. Because I think China, while they tried to profit on the PPE, uh, really has suffered uh, some pretty great losses. And I don't think they would have done that on purpose. Maybe they're communists. They're leftists. So it is possible. Carlson suggested the Chinese government unleashed COVID to destroy Western economies and elevate their own position globally. So, quick question, one more quick poll. You only have a couple of minutes to respond. Do you think the Chinese government intentionally released or accidentally released the COVID-19? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Brian, you're my first one every time, uh, so I will go to you. Do you think they did it intentionally? Does this convince you, or do you think it was an accident? No, I think it's an accident. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, but we'll see what others think. And we'll never know <laughs> if they intentionally released it, will we? <laughs> well, you know, you, you think that, but look at all the stuff we learned when Russia when the Soviet Union collapsed uh, and we got access to all that information. You know, eventually, because socialism is an abysmal failure, eventually China will collapse. We don't really know the state of their economy. We know that they're pretty deeply in debt, not unlike us. I'm just not sure how long they can, they can hang on. Uh, but eventually they will collapse because that's what that's what happens in socialist countries. So my question to you, lightning survey, just a few minutes to dial in, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Just want to get a feel for this. Do you think that this Chinese, uh, the China flu, COVID-19, 
was intentionally or accidentally released? I think accidentally, but we'll see what you think. Uh, Brian, let's bring up Alan and see where it's at. Alan, good good morning. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I think they ac- accidentally released it, but I had another quick co- comment on, on your other subject. Uh, you remember a couple months ago, they said there were white supremacist things up on some signs around campus, and they showed pictures of them, and what they said was just pro-white. They didn't say anything against blacks, so I guess if anything you say that's pro-white now, is that's, that's white, white supremacists. It said, okay to be white, just stuff, stuff like that, pretty, pretty un-racist as far as I was concerned. Well, you know, if you can have a black television network and call it that, uh, but not have a white television network, I think it goes a long way to proving that they don't want racist issues to go away. They want them to remain. And I I thought black lives matter. Why why doesn't it say all lives matter? Why is all lives matter such a terrible thing, thing, thing to say? Yeah, you're exactly right. You've nailed it. All right, Alan, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Points well made. Uh, Let's, uh, Brian, let's move on and get uh, Mike on the line. Mike, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Gary. Look, I'll say quickly, I don't know whether it was unintentional or intentional. My problem is, is they're trying to create viruses to kill people. And they should stop doing that. And I'll let some other callers get in. Thanks a lot, bro. All right. Thank you for the call. Their argument wouldn't be they're trying to create viruses uh, to kill people. Their argument is in the event that somewhere evolutionary uh, uh, progress being what it is, somewhere down the line, this could come up naturally. And if we can get ahead of this uh, and come up with a solution, uh, we can stop, you know, a, a pandemic from happening. I don't know if I believe it, but I'm telling you that's what they're going to say. Um, isn't that what the pharmaceutical company just said? They they went through this, and, and uh, that was their response? Uh, it's, it's not going to stop. Uh, the crazy is not going to stop. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got post here at GaryNolan.com. On purpose. Judy thinks it happened on purpose. Michael. Gary, China kills its own people. Killing others doesn't matter to them. Interesting. All right. Uh, We are up against the clock. We've got to run. uh, Listen, uh, tomorrow, uh, the Secretary of State is going to be on. Somebody sent me a question about uh, this left-leaning investment policy that the administration has been pushing. Wondering if we're going to get out of it in the state of Missouri. We'll give you the answer to that with the Secretary of State tomorrow. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen, baby. Honey, I love you.